0: Well, hey there, fellow Sojourners, and welcome back to another edition of Appropriate the Culture. On today's episode, we discuss a New York Times article detailing the challenges of Protestant churches wrestling with what to do with the fact that Christmas Day falls on a Sunday this year. I'm Pastor Shane, and I'll be your Fala Lala Pharisee today as we appropriate some culture. So an interesting New York Times article came out recently entitled, Oh Come All Ye Faithful, Except When Christmas Falls on a Sunday. Here's some excerpts from that. This year, more Protestant churches seem to be making the decision to simply opt out. Though a clear majority will meet in some form on Christmas Day, fewer will do so than in 2016 when 89% of Protestant pastors said they were holding services, according to a survey by Lifeway Research, which is affiliated with the Southern Baptist Convention. This year, that number dropped to 84%. Among non-denominational evangelical pastors who tend to be informal and pragmatic in their approach to church matters, the numbers hosting Christmas Day services are significantly lower. Only 61% say they will do so, according to Lifeway survey. For some of the largest congregations, the more popular Christmas Eve services are a major opportunity to attract people in their communities who don't otherwise attend church. The Summit Church, whose 11 locations in North Carolina draw about 11,000 people on a typical weekend and up to 20,000 in the days before Christmas, will host at least 17 Christmas services on December 22nd and 24, events requiring the services of hundreds of volunteers and staff members. The church will be closed on Christmas Day. For smaller churches, canceling can be a matter of blunt realism. It can be difficult to summon the volunteers necessary to staff a well-attended Christmas Eve service and then another service the very next morning. Sunday is the Lord's Day, and it ought to be a day you spend with the family of Christ," said J.D. Greer, the Church's pastor who was the president of the Southern Baptist Convention from 2018 to 2021. But I don't want to be the Pharisees of this generation where I turn it into some kind of rule that there's never an exception for. He pointed to the Bible's account of Jesus healing a man on the Sabbath in defiance of local customs about proper behavior on that day. For some critics of this flexible spirit, having Christmas fall on a Sunday presents a stark example of something many Christians have heard about countless times over the years. The choice between the spiritually thin, cultural Christianity of stockings and eggnog and the true meaning of Christmas, a day to celebrate Jesus' birth 2,000 years ago in a stable in Bethlehem. And one of those critics is Kevin DeYoung, who put out a plea to pastors to not cancel their services, saying, Don't do it. Don't cancel all your services on Christmas. Scale back on the nursery, perhaps. Take the week off from Sunday school. Make things closer to an hour than to an hour and a half. Skip the life groups or even the second service for a day, but don't close the church up on Christmas. But Fletcher Lang, also writing for the Gospel Coalition, replied, While we respect DeYoung and the argument he made, the pastors at our church ultimately decided to refuse his plea. And he lays out the reasons why in his article, Why Our Church Cancelled Christmas Day Services. But in response to that response, Eric Raymond, also appearing in the Gospel Coalition, put out this article entitled, Why Our Church Cancelled Christmas Eve Service. Because they're going to have a Christmas Day service, and he lays out his reasoning there. The Twitter sphere also weighed in on the issue. Here's a smattering of their takes. Does it count as cancelling if they hold the service on Saturday night? That's cheating. People are the church. You dot need to sit in a pew and have someone tell you what the Bible says to be a follower of Christ. No real church cancels church on Christmas. Jesus is the reason for the season. Give me a break. My church has services planned. However, there's a lot of snow in the forecast that may have to cancel because of the snow. Does that count? Not all. My church is meeting and I will go, but my sons go to a different church that is mostly college students, so theirs cancels so they can go to church with their families. Celebrating Christmas and worshiping Christ at home with family is not inappropriate for Christmas. Bruh, we have five Christmas Eve services. I think Jesus understands that we just moved our group worship date up one day. I assure you, we're still a church. Alright, so a lot of different views, but I'm going to give you the true and definitive answer to this question, by which I mean… mine. Really, the first and fundamental question that has to be addressed is, is it sinful to not gather corporately on a Sunday? That has to be the first thing because if it's unrighteous in itself, then questions of pragmatism or prudence are totally irrelevant. So what does the Bible say? Well, it says in Hebrews, and let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. So we certainly have a charge there to not cease meeting together, which means we should gather together regularly. But a key word there in that passage is habit don't make it a habit of not meeting together, which seems to indicate from this passage that the author of Hebrews recognizes that there are exceptions. It's a call to a pattern of living, not a hard and fast rule. And no matter how strident you are on this particular issue, we all extend some grace for church attendance. You'll miss sometimes. You'll be sick or in the hospital. You'll be traveling or out of town or have a work conflict. I don't think Paul had much regular gatherings when he was in prison, and I'm not sure how much much John would have had when he was on the island of Patmos. I don't know of any Christians, actually, who think it is sinful to occasionally miss a church service. The question is about habit and pattern of living. But is there a difference between individual and corporate? It might be one thing to individually miss church, but something else entirely to corporately cancel church. And I suppose it's theoretically possible for something to be sinful corporately, but not sinful individually. I don't quite see how that works in this case, because just as we can see exceptions individually for missing church, we can see exceptions for corporately canceling, too. Like a Twitterer said, what if there's a snowstorm? Or a hurricane, for that matter? Or fire? Flood? Tornado? Is it okay to cancel in those instances? It seems that both corporately and individually, context matters. The biblical mandate is about pattern and habit. Skipping one Sunday does not a habit make. But what's more, these churches are not canceling. They're just changing the date. As Fletcher Lang put it in his article, While we won't have a service on Christmas Day, we'll meet for our traditional joint Christmas Eve service with our sister congregations. Our Christmas Eve service isn't a pageant or show. It's a gathering with candles and congregational singing and the preaching of God's Word. It's a joyous occasion to experience the joy and love of Christ. So they're not ceasing to gather. They're still gathering once a week. They're just gathering on a different day. And changing the date for religious observances because of circumstances is not without some biblical precedent. It says this in Numbers, But some of them could not celebrate the Passover on that day because they were ceremonially unclean on account of a dead body. So they came to Moses and Aaron that same day and said to Moses, We have become unclean because of a dead body, but why should we be kept from presenting the Lord's offering with the other Israelites at the appointed time? Moses answered them, Wait until I find out what the Lord commands concerning you. Then the Lord said to Moses, Tell the Israelites, when any of you or your descendants are unclean because of a dead body or are away on a journey, they are still to celebrate the Lord's Passover. But they are to do it on the 14th day of the second month at twilight. They are to eat the lamb together with the unleavened bread and bitter herbs. Okay, but if we're making a choice about gathering on Christmas Eve or gathering on Sunday, shouldn't the Lord's day take priority? That's the argument from Eric Raymond in his article, quote, I believe the Lord's Day takes priority over holidays like Christmas Day or Christmas Eve. Throughout history, most believers have believed that one day in seven is to be set apart for worship to God. Formerly, on the last day of the week, this day shifted to the first day of the week for Christian believers after the resurrection of Christ and is called the Lord's Day. Whether you believe in a shift from Sabbath to the Lord's Day or that the Lord's Day is the Christian Sabbath or simply that Christians should go to church on Sundays, you are building your conviction on the propositions, patterns, and precedent of Scripture. God has not only instituted how he should be worshipped, but when. This is why most churches meet on Sundays. I think that is a little overstated. It's true that it is called the Lord's Day, and the early church gathered together on Sundays, which is a day that has significance because it is the day that Jesus rose from the dead. So we do have a custom and a tradition of gathering on Sundays, but what we don't have is a biblical command. He gave some scripture to support, so let's look at those. Acts chapter 20, verse 7. On the first day of the week, we came together to break bread. Paul spoke to the people and, because he intended to leave the next day, kept on talking until midnight. That's descriptive, not prescriptive. It's telling us what they did, not what we have to do. They met on the first day of the week. It also says they stayed up till midnight. That doesn't mean our Sunday services have to go until midnight. Descriptive, not prescriptive. Next, on the Lord's day, I was in the Spirit, and I heard behind me a loud voice like a trumpet. Right. So, John is telling us what day he received a vision. That doesn't mean we need to get visions on Sunday. Again, it's descriptive, not prescriptive. Next, 1 Corinthians chapter 16. Now, about the collection for the Lord's people. Do what I told the Galatian churches to do. On the first day of every week, each one of you should set aside a sum of money in keeping with your income, saving it up so that when I come, no collections will have to be made. Now, this is prescriptive, but the prescription of the text centers on giving, on tithing. It's not commanding them to meet on a day. They're already meeting on that day. And as to the sacredness of the day, the same author of Corinthians says this, One person considers one day more sacred than another. Another considers every day alike. Each one of them should be fully convinced in their own mind. And Paul also says in Colossians, Therefore, do not let anyone judge you by what you eat or drink or with regard to a religious festival, a new moon celebration, or a Sabbath day. So biblically, what we see is that we ought to gather together regularly, but that's about pattern and habit, and it is perfectly fine if one person considers one day more sacred than another and another considers every day alike. That's okay according to Scripture. And we are not to judge one another in regards to disputable matters. And this is a disputable matter because the Bible does not command us to meet on Sundays with no exceptions. It simply does not. So on the first foundational question of, is it inherently sinful for churches not to have services on Christmas Day this year, I think we must say, no, it's not inherently sinful. Which, really, even the advocates are not suggesting. Kevin DeYoung is pleading with pastors—he's not condemning them because it's not sin. If it's a sin, he should be condemning. But just because something is permissible doesn't make it beneficial. So there's a broader question of not, is it sinful, but is it wise to not gather this coming Sunday? Is it prudent? Is it edifying? And to that I say, no. I think it is unwise for churches not to meet together this upcoming Sunday. I think it is good, proper, and better for churches to gather together this Christmas day. Now, I recognize that context matters, and this doesn't apply to all churches. But in broad terms, when I look at the modern church, I don't think a huge problem is that we're just too darn legalistic, that we're just too religious in our observances. Nah, I see people who can take or leave church who often skip it and whose life's top priorities are dedicated to something other than the honor, worship, or glory of God. In a culture that is already struggling with the preeminence of God, I don't think canceling a Sunday service for your personal preference or gratification is the way to go. Eric Raymond, I think, has a salient point when he says this in his article, Everything we do communicates our priorities. As a pastor, I want to communicate what I believe to be God's priorities. True. And Kevin DeYoung echoes that in the New York Times article. It said this, We've all heard sermons on Jesus is the reason for the season, said Kevin DeYoung, the pastor of Christ's Covenant Church in Matthews, North Carolina, which belongs to the Presbyterian Church in America. When churches cancel their services, he hears that message as something more like, Hey, it's Christmas, and Jesus may not be the reason for the season. In a society in which Sundays are no longer demarcated by blue laws and quieter rhythms, churches face increasing competition year-round from events like youth soccer tournaments. It's hard for a pastor to tell people they should prioritize church over other often-worthy activities if the pastor capitulates on Christmas Day of all days, said Mr. DeYoung. Exactly. Which is why our church is having a Christmas Eve service and a Christmas Day service, because we love Jesus more than you and we're better than you. I'm not sure that was his point. But it's a good place to remind us that even though I totally agree that, broadly speaking, churches should gather together this Sunday, we should also remember God's words in Amos. I hate, I despise your religious festivals, your assemblies are a stench to me. Just because you assemble doesn't mean anything good is going on or that God is pleased. And if you're attending a Christmas Day service to feel morally superior, uh, He probably isn't too pleased and you should probably just stay home. And that's the reality of Christianity. It's not simply about do this and don't do that, it's about the heart and the motive individually and corporately. You can righteously assemble, you can unrighteously assemble, you can unrighteously not gather, you can righteously not gather. You're not better if you do and no worse if you don't. But you will have to give an account before God. So question your motives. Hold your conscience up to God and be wise, be prudent, and be good. All right, that's all for today. As always, if you like what we're doing here, like, subscribe, rate, review, share it with a friend. Join my author's Facebook page. Leave a five-star review for the podcast. And I will not see you next week because I'm taking off for Christmas. But I'll see you the week after that for more Appropriate in the Culture.